1: Hockey is Canada's game. It has been said a million times, but somehow it seems even more true after reading the story of our next guest. Harnarayan Singh is co-host and play-by-play announcer on Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi and Sportsnet. He is also now author of One Game at a Time, My Journey from Small Town Alberta to Hockey's Biggest Stage. And it's a pleasure to welcome him to our airwaves from Chestermere, Alberta. Harnarayan, how are you doing? It's so good to meet you. Thanks so much. Uh, doing well. Thank you. Glad to hear it. Well, we're not going to pussyfoot around here. We're going to cut to the chase right away, OK? We are going to start with the moment that made you a hero in Pittsburgh and a viral sensation around the hockey world. And it's all because of a goal scored by a penguin by the name of Nick Bonino. Roll it, please, Sheldon. Sama <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. What what impact did that moment eventually have on your life?
0: Yes, it was tremendous. Uh, I really think that, you know, in Canada, we had made grounds uh, where hockey fans already knew about us because Hockey Night Punjabi has been around since 2008 and the show has improved and grown since then. Uh, but for us to make inroads in the, in the greater hockey world, especially down south in the States, uh, the Benino call was huge for us. I mean, they used it as a part of the NHL awards. There we were at the parade after in front of uh, 400,000 people. Uh, you know, the Stanley Cups presented, the players are right there, and then right after it's it's us broadcasters. So uh, such a, a revolutionary moment for our show to, to bring it to the forefront as to what we were about and what we were doing.
1: I, I got that. Hang on. Stand by. Sheldon, we got the Stanley Cup parade standing by in Pittsburgh. Let's roll that one, too.
0: Benino, 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 Benino,
1: Benino, Benino, Benino. Nick Benino! <laughs> and the guys, the penguins behind her, are, are loving every second of this. Here's the thing I want to know, though. No one's ever called a goal like that before. I mean, we were all brought up with Foster Hewitt, he shoots, he scores. That's it. Where did the inspiration or the idea come from to repeat this guy's name that many times and have your voice break just on the last one in such a perfect way. Where did that come from?
0: Well, you know, it was a mistake that became a blessing in disguise where in my pregame notes, I had written Nick Benino's name for left wing, center, and right wing. And there it was in front of me, Benino, Bonino, Benino, And that was stuck in my head. My colleagues noticed it. I actually didn't even notice the mistake. And I get into this in the book, how there was actually multiple Benino calls because uh, prior to that one in the Stanley Cup final uh, when I actually had made the mistake it, it had such we had such a cult following between in Pittsburgh with Penguins fans and they were demanding more Benino calls and in the Stanley Cup final he scores such a big goal and uh, what an amazing experience because, you know, having Mario Lemieux come up and say that we're a part of Pittsburgh Penguins history and instead of just shaking my hand, giving me a hug and I've become friends with Nick Benino himself. And he said, thanks for making me famous. And yeah, it's just uh, an incredible bond that Benino and I will have for for the rest of our careers.
1: How did I want to take you back now? How, how did the decision get made to originally start doing Hockey Night in Canada games in Punjabi to begin with?
0: Well, this is something where the credit has to go to CBC Sports as in 2008 and during that time frame, they were trying to do some uh, multicultural endeavours where they tried uh, broadcasting hockey night in Canada. In different languages, they tried Cantonese, ma- uh, Mandarin, Italian, and Uh and then Mark Crawford, the coach of uh, the Vancouver Canucks, who was uh, just finished there and went on to be a colour commentator for a little bit with CBC Sports. He also suggested uh, to Joel Darling, a, a, a TV executive Still with hockey and in Canada, that if you're trying other languages, you have to try Punjabi because uh, Mark Crawford, as a coach in Vancouver, was experiencing the love that the Punjabi community has for hockey, the passion they have firsthand. When he was pumping gas at the gas station, when he was getting groceries, uh, when he was with his kids at a track and field event in the lower mainland of BC, he said Punjabi families were continuously coming up to him. They always knew about the game and they're playing a lot of ball hockey in the streets of Surrey. And, you know, we see that also in Brampton, Ontario, uh, places with the uh, high density of South Asians and so that's what kind of started and I think it was probably just going to be a pilot project but because the ratings the success and uh the way it made uh you know the the community so proud it just it's continued on and we're 13 seasons in I'm really proud to say that
1: well that's what makes the story so interesting is that all the other languages were tried but didn't really catch on Punjabi was tried and it sure did catch on any theories as to why
0: I think the community is really uh, proud of uh, you know, the achievements that they've made. And I think it really validated. Uh, the community as Canadian. The, my own great grandfather came here over 100 years ago. There's been so many hardships that the community has, has had to face, and so many uh, you know rights that they, the right to vote, the right to buy land. There's so much history in it, and then to and now we see uh, you know Sikhs as a part of um, the uh, political world, the business world, and then to have uh, the, you know the Punjabi language part of the the Sikh faith to be a part of uh, the hockey world. It was just tremendous the other aspect of it is that uh the olympic sport of field hockey was very popular in punjab uh, during a certain time frame where they won several gold medals in uh, con- in consecutive olympic games so field hockey was something the older generation of punjabis were already familiar with
1: hmm. I, I i will want to talk about more of that history of your own family and your relationship with the with the community in a bit but but i am intrigued as well and you talk about this in the book You know, Punjabi and and hockey. How do I put this? I mean, they don't necessarily go together. There's a lot of terms in hockey for which, you know, Punjabi just doesn't as many other languages. They just don't really have words for those things. So you had to make up a bunch of things. Can you share some of that with us?
0: Yeah, some of the penalties in the hockey world and some of the plays that are made and the existing phrases just simply do not translate over very nicely. So, you know, you have things like hooking and high sticking. And and so we've had to keep some of those, but we've also created different terms, too. So, for example, the penalty box in English, uh, we refer to it as sajada Dabba, which translates back into English as box of punishment. Or we have a slap shot, which is a literal slap to the face, and we call it chaper shot. And, you know, the community has fallen in love with all of these terms. We created our own He Shoots, He Scores, Maria Shot, a Goal, and we, we include a lot of Punjabi flavor. We, we I would like to say that we add the masala, the spices to the hockey commentary, and the community is very vibrant. The personality is, you know, they love to laugh, they love their music, they love their food, and we incorporate all of that uh, into our uh, game and the community has really uh you know they've really appreciated that
1: now we're going to do this next part carefully Harnarayan, ryan because i understand there are some words in the hockey vocabulary that are very similar to words in punjabi but which may not be appropriate for family television you want to share some of those
0: (laughs) well yes uh i mean uh there is uh there's a certain word uh, I believe you're getting at in terms of the, uh, let's say here, New York Rangers uh, legendary goaltender, King Hendrick Lundqvist, and a certain part of his last name uh, translates into a part of... Uh, uh, a, a male's body. So let's just say, you know, um uh, to go about it carefully here, yeah, there are some times I think initially on the show, especially, you know, when we were calling the games in Punjabi, we would kind of look at each other when we're <laughs> saying those names because it's just almost a high school giddiness feeling when you're first doing that. Uh, but yeah, it, it is kind of one of those humorous things which doesn't translate over too well. So we've, we, I prefer to call him, in English, they do call Henrik Lundquist, uh, King Henrik, so I converted that to Raja Henrik for a, for a Punjabi call.
1: <laughs> Good thinking. Okay. Um, I've read the book, so I know the answer to this next question, but but those watching us right now may not. So uh, let's go down this road here. There are going to be people uh, who are aware of your situation and maybe who are watching right now who are going to think, this guy's wearing a turban. Shouldn't he be a cricket fan? Shouldn't he be a soccer fan? Why is he a hockey fan? Hockey and Sikhism don't seem to like they don't seem to jibe. Okay, what's the answer?
0: Well, the answer is, is uh, when you're born and raised in Canada, you have a natural affection and a natural attraction towards the game of hockey. And for my situation, growing up in a small town in southern Alberta, hockey was the icebreaker between my classmates and an I, and I. And I would tell you, Steve, that my my entire childhood of growing up in a small town in Southern Alberta would have been completely and drastically different had it not been for the game of hockey because I showed up at school, uh, you know, in a town, in a school with very few visible minorities, no one else wearing a turban. I didn't even have other uh, boys and girls from the Sikh faith to have an example of as to what they wore at school to cover their head, and I just had my dad, so I showed up with a formal... Uh, adult turban on in kindergarten. And there's so much curiosity and, uh, the curiosity is, well, you know, why do you wear that? Uh, you know, why are you vegetarian? As a sick, I wear a steel bracelet on my arm to remember the creator at all times. And, uh, you know, we spoke a different language at home. We ate different food at home. So you're, as a child, you're trying to find commonality between your classmates. And when I reflect back on my journey, uh, so many of my friendships and the rapport I had with teachers had to do with hockey, and I think when we talk, sports has that unifying force. That when when you talk about sports, if you're cheering on for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it doesn't matter uh, what background you're from or what how you look. Everybody can cheer on for that same team together, and and so I think hockey, that unifying force that hockey especially has in Canada, it changed my life.
1: Well, hockey's a unifying force on a good day, but not every day is a good day in Canada. And I wonder, well, I don't wonder because I know there were times in your past where, for example, people would look at you and and say, you know, hockey's our game, it's not your game. Or what are you wearing that thing on your head for? How much have you had to de- deal with that kind of thing?
0: You know, it's it's an interesting question because initially, of course, I did have to deal with that. And, you know, even before I became a broadcaster, when I would uh, attend NHL games Uh, I was, you know, my my friends and I, other uh, Sikh gentlemen who wear turbans, we experienced even, you know, my wife and her family had beer thrown at them. Uh, I've been called raghead. I've been called Taliban. Uh, You know, I've experienced a number of different racist racist moments uh, within the hockey world. But then, of course, when we dove into the broadcast side of things, Um, There were there have been comments on social media, especially of I don't want my hockey being given to me from a guy with a turban. It took us a a number of years to explain why, you know, this is important that we're helping grow the game, uh, that, you know, representation is important and that uh, what we are bringing to the sport is of so much tremendous value and something that hockey really needs. And I think we made a lot of progress, but then in the past few years, things have uh, come out again, where, especially on social media, where we're seeing more and more uh, comments about, uh, you know, why, why this is happening and how, you know, we should actually just shut up and talk about hockey. There's so, it seems like a, a lot of kind of this ignorance for lack of better term has crept back in into what we're seeing from people.
1: Well, I mean, we are at a particular moment of racial reckoning in the history of North America, to be sure. And uh, I'd be very interested in your take on what on what it means to someone who has had to deal with what you have had to deal with in your life. Share some of that, if you would.
0: Definitely. And, and, you know, I think it's very important for us to have these conversations. And I recently, the comments that have been made have been, you know, please shut up, not even please. It's just literally shut up and talk about hockey. I don't want to be hearing this when I'm watching sports but what i will say is that you know we are by having these conversations we are not marrying politics with sports we are literally just talking about human rights and a basic level respect for one another and i think those are important enough things that we need to have these conversations had had the nhl not postponed their games had the nba players not taken a stand uh, so many households in North America wouldn't be having these conversations. The sports world, the players, the teams, and now the leagues have forced this conversation into people's homes. And it's an important one for us to have because the only way we can progress as society is if we communicate with one one another what our experiences are. If I have someone coming up to me um, unintentionally... Just, you know, talking to me, and I had this happen, too, where we had salesperson come to our door. I talk about this story in the book, and, you know, they did their spiel, and I said, thanks, but no thanks. And then they just said, welcome to Canada. I just wanted to say, welcome to Canada. And they walked off. And And so for me, that was devastating because I'm such a patriotic Canadian. I love this country. I love this game. But I don't want someone to think that just because I look different, just because I'm not Caucasian, that means I'm new here. But my parents came here in the 60s. My great-grandfather came here in the early 1900s. My history and my family's history with Canada might even be greater and stronger than the person who is making that assumption and saying it to me. But the only way we can have progress is if we share these types of stories with one another.
1: Why do you love Canada so much when on some days of the week, Canada doesn't seem to love you that much?
0: Well, I would uh, say that that experience, thankfully, has been in the the minority of all of the experiences I've had. I, I love Canada because this is the only country, in my opinion, in the world where someone like myself... Would have had this type of opportunity to uh, become a hockey commentator, Steve. I had so many people when I was a child, when I went through school, even in post-secondary, tell me that. And these were professionals; these were teachers, and they cautioned me that, Ryan, you need to be realistic. Uh, you know, you should think about a career where you actually have a realistic chance." And they were—it was a cautionary tale that I heard over and over again. And even within the broadcast world, it was. Uh, maybe you should think about producing or behind the scenes or if you had a shot on the air it might be news but certainly not sports Uh, but it is still this country of canada that gave me this opportunity and you know for the most part the hockey world the media portion of the hockey world the managers at at these tv stations radio stations they have welcomed me with open arms because i i think they really feel that they realize that this is needed in canada my small town of Brooks, Alberta, it was, it was a town of much, you know, not very much diversity, but they gave me a glimmer of hope by giving me a shot on the air for high school news and sports and opened the door. And, you know, these were all uh, Caucasian people working there, but I, that, that, was the light bulb, and that gave me the encouragement that if these guys can give me a shot then maybe someone else will down the road so i'm i'm forever grateful for canada because i think these opportunities only exist here in comparison to anywhere else in the world
1: gotcha let me ask you about how well in your view uh, professional hockey has dealt with this moment of racial reckoning that we're in Uh, i don't think it would surprise anybody to hear that the national basketball association was really at the forefront of dealing with the issues that we're all embroiled in right now. Um, not surprising, because it's, it's obviously a league uh, whose players are overwhelmingly uh, black men. Uh, hockey is really quite the opposite. There are, of course, players of color in the NHL, but there are not very many. In your view, as you look at it, comparing basketball to hockey, to football, to soccer, to baseball, how well or poorly has the NHL done in, in making its contribution to this moment in history?
0: I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the fact that hockey is as a sport at the professional level, much less diverse. And so as they say, better late than never, I think this is an awakening for the rest of the players though, in the league, whereas You would certainly see, uh, you know, diverse broadcasters like myself, my team with Hockey Night Punjabi, or you would see diverse NHL players previously stand up and take a stand, make a statement. But I think what has happened recently is is that this awakening uh, has shown the rest of the players that despite them not being a person of colour, they also need to take a stand on this, that this is important enough. And I'll tell you what gives me hope. It's the fact that teams and the league are now taking a stand. They feel this is so important, and they are doing that at at the risk of losing and alienating a certain part of their fan base who doesn't want to hear any of this. And we've seen reports of certain teams in the United States who've, out and said we're losing season ticket holders because we are taking the stand on this as a league and as a team and and our players are participating in this but they're still willing to take that stand and that's what gives me hope because we need the teams, the players, the leagues as a whole and as an entity to be able to tackle this and to ensure that we can have more uh, compassion in society and that we can have less hatred. And so that's what gives me hope that we are actually taking a step in the, direction, in the right direction. The NHL having Kim Davis, a black woman who has done so much for diversity inclusion at the forefront, that's helping accelerate the process in hockey as well.
1: I want to ask you a question now about your wife. You have undoubtedly, like you've got the best wife in the world, right? And (laughs) here's why I say this. Sheldon, bring up picture number three, if you would. How great is this? This is your wedding, which takes place in a hockey arena. And that wedding cake is, of course, the Stanley Cup. How did you find a woman who would agree to all of this? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm very extremely grateful and lucky and you know her creativity knows no bounds. Um, You know even the the home office I'm sitting in this is all her design and it's an entire wall of Uh, the journey of my career thus far. And yes, our Stanley Cup wedding cake was a life-size Stanley Cup and uh, people wanted to touch it and not just eat it. And we had mini hockey sticks uh, with our names and the date of our wedding engraved for all the kids. We had hockey pucks. We had hockey cards of ourselves. We had a 50-50 ticket and half the money went to charity. Just like everything you could imagine that would happen at a hockey game. We even sent Steve some of our elders, some of our relatives on both sides to the penalty box, and uh, you know it was it was a hilarious moment. I talk about it in the book. We had a musical chairs game. Um, my side of the family, so many aunts and uncles ended up in the penalty box. And the MC said, "Well, what's going on?" And my uncle from California said, "Well, it's okay. We don't care about winning this game. We won yesterday. We got the girl." And and so. <laughs> Um, I'm so uh, thankful to have Suki in my life, especially since, as a broadcaster, hitting averaging 75, 80 flights a year, and now we've got two kids. And you know, she takes it all in stride and supports me t- uh, to to no limit. And and it's incredible to have a life partner uh, that supports you in such a unique uh, career where I've been. Uh, you know on a roller coaster and trying to make this full-time and trying to uh, find my my ground in the industry so it's been a long journey and she's been there from day one
1: that's terrific and and the journey we should remind everybody the journey started very modestly i mean at the beginning you had to pay your own expenses your own airfare all of that kind of stuff just to participate is that right
0: yeah and my parents you know my mom especially kept telling me that when hockey night punjabi started that this is a sir this is a service to our community and she goes just do whatever it takes even if you have to pay for your own flights to be a part of it someday it'll pay off and so the show at the in the first three four seasons was based in toronto i was living in calgary didn't make sense for me to move out to toronto with the cost of living for one day of work uh, which at the time you know we weren't making too much at all and i don't blame anybody for this because... Uh, You know, when CBC Sports Hockey Night in Canada told me they didn't have the budget to fly me in and out every weekend. uh, And, you know, I understood that, but I wasn't gonna say that, okay, well, that's too bad. I can't can't be a part of it. I just decided to do whatever it took. And so that Pearson International Airport, during those years, I knew every inch of that place as to, you know, where were the best benches to sleep and where were the best bathrooms, the best place to have a snack. I, I spent, I used to sleep there overnight and to take the latest flight into Toronto, the earliest flight back home in Calgary. Go straight to the temple, the Gurdwara, to be with my family on Sunday. Because I was worried if I gave up my faith, this dream that came true might disappear too. And so it was. A, it was a fascinating time. I lost a lot of sleep, but I I, I also gained a lot of air miles.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Um, let's finish up on this. You've had a, a, also an unusual connection with your province in Alberta, in as much as. You grew up near Calgary, but you're a massive fan of Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers. So I'm not sure how that I don't know how that would have gone down well in Calgary. But anyway, you somehow managed to get through all that. And then all these years later, you are doing the broadcasting, but you also work part time with the Flames now, do you not?
0: And let me clarify, massive fan of the Oilers has changed from my childhood to now being a massive fan of Canadian teams because that's uh, that's really what matters at the end of the day for our broadcast, for the show. And, uh, you know, I want to see all the Canadian teams succeed, but uh, the Flames, I, I have to give them so much credit because of the fact that, Uh, there is a segment, a weekly segment called Flames TV Punjabi. And they were the first team, and I pitched this to several of them, and they were the first team to realize that, you know, this was something that's important and it's going to help grow their fan base. And we have a a sick parade. And I know people in Ontario are familiar with these because there's a number of them that happen around the occasion of Visaki in April and May. And I've been able to have the Calgary Flames participate in two of the Visaki Nagar the the Sikh parades in Calgary too and uh, you know when you have 30 40,000 people there the flames it, it makes sense to have a presence and but of course Wayne Gretzky uh, I would say that his my favorite characteristic of his on and off the ice is his, his humility he broke all Gordie Howe's Records, but he gave Gordie Howe so much respect, and and you know always gave credit to his teammates. The way Gretzky carries himself is something that I tried to apply to my life to carry myself in that sort of same manner and same regard.
1: Well, Gretzky, no question, was a pioneer in hockey, and I have to say, my friend, so are you. Uh, congratulations on the book, One Game at a Time. Harna Ryan Singh, Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi, and Sportsnet, and it's been a great pleasure having you on TVO tonight. Be well.